This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Kim Grinnells with Dogman.com with Jackson Moore from Bear Territory, the Cal uh, affiliate on 24-7 Sports. The Washington, California game slated for 7.30 Saturday night kickoff, probably a little bit later than that. Uh, no fans allowed. Uh, media, it sounds like it's going to be light on media, so the Seattle media won't be traveling down. We will not be, but uh, we will be at the Oregon State game, which is an 8 o'clock kickoff the next day, but... Uh, Jackson, just with everything that's going on, tell me a little bit about access for you guys, what it's been like, availability with us. It's been all Zoom calls. We got 20 minutes of practice, which was basically stretching once a week, and that was about it. Have you guys had any access at all? No, I will tell you, you are very fortunate to have those 20 minutes of stretching. Uh, I've got, you know, I cover Cal. I also cover Fresno State and a couple other teams, and I've had a combined zero minutes of of live uh action over the the preseason so um i I would certainly appreciate those 20 minutes of stretching but um uh, as far as zoom goes they've been very um very you know accommodating we've gotten a lot of interviews i mean several every day and um it's been plenty of access as far as that goes they've even shut down tightwad hill they're not going to let the fans up on (laughs) tightwad hill I mean, it's not like yeah. a thing. Who owns Tightwad Hill, anyways? Does University own that? <laughs> I suppose so. I mean, I don't know if they're actually going to have to fence it off or something. I don't know how you, you keep people from getting out there, but probably a good decision. There'd be people sacked like or packed like sardines, probably trying to watch that game from there if they could. Oh, we need a tight wide hill at Washington. Maybe the Space Needle <laughs> or something. But hey, before we jump into um. You know, taking a preview of the game, you also cover Fresno State. Tell us a little bit about former Washington quarterback Jake Hayner being announced the starter at Fresno State. Tell us about uh, how he's being received down there. Uh, what's the thoughts on Jake Hayner down at Fresno State? Yeah, you know, Jake has been, um, you know, he had this two games already for Fresno State, and um, the first had some hiccups. He had four turnovers total, including three picks. Uh, not all of them were exactly his fault. There was a deflected pass, and he got strip sacked before he even knew that the defense was coming. So uh, the first game was rough, uh, but it was night and day the second week. Um, uh, he passed for over 300 yards, three touchdowns, looked awesome, no uh, hiccups at virtually at all. So, uh, I mean, he's been now he's been very welcomely received. The quarterback competition was a lot closer than we expected. Uh, ben Woldridge is the backup who was just a two-star recruit from the same area, actually, as Hayner. Uh, a year after him in the recruiting process and you know not much was expected out of him he was kind of the distant second team quarterback last year and uh ultimately put up a pretty good fight and they actually gave him a drive uh, during the second quarter last weekend so uh hayner's got to watch his back a little bit but uh, he does have uh, central valley ties there's a lot of sentimental value of them being here uh, they let him wear 
Uh, Kevin Sweeney's retired number nine jersey, which is a big deal here. No other quarterbacks worn it since then. So uh, a lot of uh, positive vibes after week two for Hayner, and we'll see if uh, they keep that rolling. Are you taller than Jake Hayner? I believe I am. <laughs> just check. <laughs> hey, we just taking a, take a look at the uh, preseason all Pac-12 conference football team that was announced this morning, the one that jumps out. Big get for Cal. Cameron Bynum opting back in, and he's listed as a first-team uh, all Pac-12 selection. How big is it to have him return? Yeah, that's huge because uh, Cal's going to lose their two NFL safeties from last year's team, and they also lose kind of the fifth defensive back of that group. And so when you have Bynum back and then you bring back Elijah Hicks as well, you know, you account for about half the defensive backfield with 68 career starts and you don't feel so bad about where you're at. And they've also got a few guys that kind of came in and out of the rotation last year, got a few starts. And so I think Bynum's the piece that makes you feel a lot more stable with what's going on there. Of course, besides how fantastic he's been individually, uh, it, it takes a lot of the pressure off the, the next guys up and, prevents Cal from having to dig deeper through the depth chart. So uh, he was a big deal returning, and um, he obviously he's a, a great cover corner and makes some impact plays that could be difference makers for the Bears. With the uh, limited access for uh, no spring football and then fall camp not being able to get in at all, what are you expecting to see from Bill Musgrave's offense? Yeah, I mean, this should be a, a very different Cal offense, and that surprised me, I think, more than anything this offseason because – uh, obviously, as I just mentioned, Cal's losing some DBs. Uh, they're losing their star linebacker, Evan Weaver, who Washington's more than familiar with. And so the offense was, it almost felt like the offense was going to be the group that was going to lead this team this year. And that might still be the case, but they've been a spread, uh, the last four years now, or well, even before Coach Wilcox got here, it's been a spread offense and they lean more towards the run with, uh, Bo Baldwin as the offensive coordinator, but, uh, still a spread offense, and they returned basically the whole two deep from last season, even got some guys healthy that weren't available last year, and now they're overhauling the entire offense. So we'll see. Uh, uh, hopefully for Cal, they have enough experience and chemistry there that there's no growing pains early on, but it's going to be a pro-style offense, just like Bill Musgraves used to running in the pros. There's going to be a fullback on the field a lot, uh, a lot of one and two tight end sets. Uh, Cal's recruited a whole lot of receivers, but that base offense they're coming out with is only going to have two on the field. And uh, I think the the history that this group has will allow Musgrave to put three or four receivers on the field and maybe let uh, Garbers be a little more mobile and, and do some of those concepts that normally he wouldn't. Um, but as far as what they plan to do right out of the gates, it's going to be smash mouth, downhill power running between the tackles. And um, I think they have the personnel to do it, but it's just uh, it's going to be an interesting transition. I think you definitely have the personnel at running back with uh, Chris Brown, who's a guy that Washington had offered that wanted pretty bad, and then uh, Marcel Danzi, and both of them did quite a bit of damage last year against Washington. Tell me about those two running backs. Yeah, and I would add maybe even the bigger story there is the third running back that they're going to have available, Bradrick Shaw. Uh, he was a graduate transfer from Wisconsin, so if anyone's familiar with between the tackles, mass mouth power running, uh, he might have the upper hand as far as coming out of the the gates this season. Um, he was a guy that really showed some flashes there and just got caught behind the annual 1,500-yard running backs that Wisconsin seems to churn out that don't leave many carries for the rest of the guys. So uh, they very well uh, plan to have him in the rotation as well. 
that obviously Chris Brown will be first and he'll get the the majority of the looks, but it sounds like um you know, you can look at this seven week season one of two ways. You can either make Chris Brown your workhorse and, and expect him to make it through seven games much easier, or you can say all of these guys are maybe a little less in shape than they would normally be, so we should distribute the carries. And I think it sounds like uh, Musgrave's going to go with the latter, and we'll see probably all three of those guys uh, get significant time on Saturday. Chris Brown, of course, at 6'1", 235. Marcel Danzi, maybe a little bit more of a speed guy at 5'10", 195. And uh, Bradrick Shaw, the transfer from Wisconsin at 6'1", 225. So they've definitely got some big backs uh, in the backfield. Do they have the offensive line to get it done? Yeah, that's been a big one for Cal because they probably didn't the last couple of years. And it's not that they don't have the guys. It's just they haven't been able to keep them healthy. And last year was a, a train wreck in certain weeks. Uh, fortunately, they were as healthy as they could be uh, when they took on Cal last time. But um, uh, during the middle of the season, when both or when Chase Garbers was out, there was also some key um, uh, offensive linemen that were out as well. And it just kind of all snowballed together. And um, outside of Gentle Williams, who they weren't able to get back on the field after his injury last year, they're pretty much at full strength. Uh, they're going to have three very experienced uh, seniors, uh, two sophomores that they think very highly of. So um, for the most part, I mean, this is should be as good as Cal's offensive line has been as long as they can stay healthy. And uh, that should be at least the case for week one. When you look at the quarterback situation, you look at the two guys in the depth chart, Chase Garbers, Devin Modster. Uh, Devin Modster, of course, has started games, transfer from UCLA, um, both listed at the same size, 6'2", 225. But uh, was there really a competition there? And if Chase Garbers is indeed the starter, can we anticipate seeing Devin Modster in some situations? You know, I think, well, when this game happened last year, that was certainly a valid question. And, um you know, Monster, it seemed like he was coming in to compete, and we found out he wasn't actually eligible the first few weeks when uh, Cal and Washington last played. They were kind of trying to keep that under wraps, I think. And um, you know, by the time he was eligible, uh, Garbers had Cal at 3-0 and in the top 25, and uh, then he got injured shortly after, and there was a significant drop-off when Monster came in, and it was a tough situation for him, but uh at the end of the day, uh, they really separated themselves in 2019. Uh, Garbers and Cal were 7-0 and when he started and finished games. Uh, they were 1-5 and in games where he w- had to leave with injury or didn't play at all. And so this has really become Garbers' team. Uh, the only way I see Monster on the field is if it's um, you know, some sort of precaution or if you know they're thinking, hey, we might have a game down the road where Garbers is either injured or sick and we may need Monster to play. So... And we've got a new offense that he's still learning, so maybe they give him a drive or two. I've seen some other teams do that, but as far as who the quarterback is, there's no doubt that uh, Garbers is the guy. Does he have the weapons on the outside? Does he have the guys to throw to? Uh, he has a few, and they've really made that an emphasis with the recruiting classes lately. They've recruited very well at receiver and tight end, uh, but that wave of players isn't quite there yet. Um they do have uh, a couple of guys that have kind of been around the program a little bit and are just leading the pack because they're, they're experienced and they're veterans. Um, Nico Remigio is definitely the number one target. He's more of a slot receiver, so it is going to be really interesting how much they can and will incorporate him as he'll most likely have to be an outside receiver in a lot of these uh, base formations. Um, 
otherwise, the they really started to incorporate a few other guys like uh, Makai Polk. Uh, he was a freshman last year. He really emerged as one of their of their top targets. Uh, Clark, uh, the junior college transfer that they also had last season, established himself. So they've got uh, outside of Remigio a few guys that have flashed here and there, and uh, they anticipate at least one or two of those guys to take another step forward and kind of round out the, their their options on the outside. Taking a look at the other side of the ball, of course, you lost, uh, you know, maybe the leader of that defense and Evan Weaver. I'm sure Washington will be glad to see him gone. You <laughs> lost two safeties, but, uh, when it all starts up front, Washington has the biggest offensive line in the conference. How's that going to impact it? Because it looks like Cal defensive line may be a little bit undersized. Yeah. Um, so they've had some, some struggles as far as, I mean, you only got three defensive linemen in this, uh, scheme up that coach DeRuiter and coach Sermon are running. And, um, unfortunately they keep going into some uh, bumps and bruises before both last season and this season. Last season it was the nose guard and they filled them in with some guys that they would prefer to have as defensive ends. Uh, this year, uh, Luke Beckett, who was going to be a sixth year starting senior when the PAC 12 season postponed, took off to Boston college to make sure he got in his fall football. Uh, so that's a big loss. And, uh, that's kind of how they're trying to fill in the gaps right now. Uh, they do have another sixth-year senior, Zionde Johnson, who will be a defensive end. Uh, they have a sophomore Brett Johnson, no relation, who is um, was a second-team All-Pac-12 selection this morning. It's just a sophomore, so uh, they think a lot of him, clearly, and he'll move from nose to defensive end. And they've got some of the guys at nose guard that weren't available last September that are there to, to help fill in. And if you look at that too deep, they've got two true freshmen on the second team. So, I mean, two of your top six guys are freshmen. Uh, there's certainly room for growing pains if they have to cycle guys in and out or rely on the depth on Saturday. Um, but that first line of guys should be pretty solid if they can keep them on the field. With the, running the 3-4, you obviously need a great linebacker play. Um, you've lost a lot there, like, of course, with losing it. Or do you have the replacements? Do you have the linebackers to uh, step up and fill the gaps with that 3-4? Well, they certainly have a replacement for Evan Weaver as far as who was starting next to him. Uh, Coin Dang, uh, he had, I mean, as much as Weaver was the leading tackler in the nation, uh, Dang had about 120 tackles himself last year. And uh, I'm sure he's salivating at the idea of those 180-ish tackles that Weaver leaves behind uh, to take for himself. So, <laughs> I mean, that's an NFL guy at six foot six, two fifty at inside linebacker. That's just a, an unusual athlete. And, um, he's going to be the star of the defense, I'm sure. And then at outside linebacker, they bring back Cameron Good, who's been a very impressive starter there. Uh, but they do like at the inside position, lose their other starter opposite of him. Uh, Tevin Paul was supposed to be back as a senior. He's opted out. And so those two other linebacker positions are going to be question marks. Um, they've got the starters in line, but there are going to be two sophomores that haven't started a whole lot of football yet. And so uh, they feel good about them, but there's no doubt uh, it's going to be a drop-off in terms of what they had last year. You lost a lot in the secondary, but you're also still returning a lot. You know, uh, secondary led by safety Elijah Hicks and corner Cameron Bynum, uh, as good as anybody in the uh, conference. But uh, tell me about that secondary. Yeah, so to try to alleviate some of the issues there, they have moved Elijah Hicks, who was at cornerback, to safety. And so now you're kind of thinking, all right, we just got to find one safety and one cornerback to, to round out the group and make things a little less hectic as far as replacing so many key players there. 
Um, Josh Graydon, they've got lined up at uh, their next starting cornerback. He's a guy that's been around for some time and has started some games. And uh, yeah, he's got 39 games and six starts on his career. So I mean, they feel pretty solid about him, and they don't have to worry about it. a young guy lining up against Pac-12 receivers week to week. And at safety, um, probably the least experienced guy of that starting group is going to be Daniel Scott, but he's also um, been around for a few years. He's played about 20 games in different capacities and has filled in as a starter once. So um, they do feel pretty good about their defensive backfield. It doesn't, it's not as um, uh, vacant or, or empty as it could have been losing players like they did from last year. Um, but I think where you see that playing is the depth where they have two true freshmen and a redshirt freshman. Um, that could be a factor if they lose guys down the road this season. But again, like the O-line, um, they come into week one, which they should be pretty healthy and, um, it should be good timing for Cal as far as this particular matchup. If the game comes down to a 43, 43 yard kick as the clock expires, what's your comfort level? <laughs> Um, well, yeah, we don't know a whole lot. Um, the special teams have uh, shaken up quite a bit. Um, they've got a former punter now at kicker in uh, Dario Longhetto, and they've got an Australian punter who's never played an American football game punting. Um, so that's going to be a, a bit of a roller coaster for Cal across the board on special teams uh, for these first couple games. If, if Washington wins this game, why will Washington win this game? Um, you know, I... If they can come out fast, I think that's the biggest thing. Because for me, when I look at these two teams, I mean, the games have been so close the last two years, and it could have very easily been two Washington wins. Um, but I look at this year's game, and I think Washington's going through all these transitions with coaches. Well, it could be worse, obviously, but a new head coach, a new quarterback, a lot of new pieces, um, it's going to not be the easiest. And you look at Cal, who has a fourth-year head coach, a third-year starting quarterback. The whole offense is back. Now, granted, it's going to be in a different scheme. And I think they, you know, there should be growing pains on defense. But if you're thinking about anyone that's going to have their defense coached up, it should be these guys at Cal with Justin Wilcox and Tim Druder and Coach Sherman and everyone. So for me, the reason I think Cal may have the edge here is just continuity. It's about who's going to be having fewer growing pains uh, in the week one game. And if Washington comes out and you know, rewrites that script, if they start out strong and put some points on the board maybe early, then that goes all out the window for me and we're back to square one. Um, but I think there is some vulnerability for Cal on defense. Um, a lot of key players are gone and new players are in there. And if Washington can take advantage, uh, I think that goes a long way because we know Cal has liked to make things a defensive battle, and uh, the pressure might be on the offense to step up in this one. What does Cal have to do to win this game? Um, well, I, I think they have to take advantage. Uh, kind of the opposite, I think they have to take advantage early. Uh, there's These guys, if they have growing pains on offense early, which is certainly possible, it's a weird one because usually it's you're thinking about personnel, but you've got all the same guys back. Um I kind of feel like the more the pressure is on offense this year than it's ever been in the Wilcox era, and they should have the players to, to take advantage. But you know, if, if simple things like going from a shotgun to an under center are causing problems early on, uh, clearly that's a problem. And they probably can't rely on their defense the same way they have in the past. It should still be a, a good group. But um, 
a lot's on the offense, and if they struggle to run this new offense, uh, it really negates a lot of the advantages I think they've got. Any intangibles uh, other than X's and O's? Any intangibles that might impact the game coming from the Cal end? Um, definitely the the COVID situation right now. Um, you know, we're not exactly sure how it's going to impact. Apparently, one player tested positive, and I'd assume they're out. Uh, the next thing is uh, contact tracing. Um, it's going to be interesting how this plays out the next couple of days because with daily testing, I would imagine most of those guys should be cleared, if assuming they haven't caught it. But um, if contact tracing is a factor, it sounds like a lot of players were probably in contact with this particular cow player. We don't know specifics, but um, yeah, they're, they're still trying to figure that out, and it, hopefully it doesn't impact the, the game itself. Uh, there may be a few cow players that we don't see, and it'll be a shock as to who they are. Looking forward to finally getting football started. It's been a while, so hopefully we can get this game underway. And uh, Cal, it's just been—it just seems to have been a war, you know, for the last several years. Every time against Cal. So just a reminder: seven thirty uh, starting time. And for those um, who want to get more in depth on what's going on down at Cal, make sure to visit Bear Territory. Jackson Moore does a great job down there. Jackson. Thanks for uh, coming on with us, all right? Well, thank you very much for having me. Looking forward to getting this season kicked off. 